Welcome back to the Outlaw Country Podcast. Uh, today, Ben and I are joined by Hayden uh, Haddock, and uh, really great to have you today, man. Yeah, thank y'all for having me on. Yeah. So, Hayden, I was kind of wondering, what has life been like since kind of the post-pandemic and getting back in the swing of things with shows? Yeah, it's been awesome, obviously. I mean, you kind of said it yourself, getting back into shows is obviously the great part about things, and I think we've played uh, – we started out doing just a couple of acoustic things, and then lately we've been we've had I think four four full band shows back so far, and uh, and then we do another acoustic thing this weekend, and then we have a couple weeks off, and then we kind of really kick back into things full swing. So it's definitely nice to get back out and and be playing in front of people instead of a, a computer screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, how have they been like uh, doing everything with the crowd? Have they been just like very spread out area or just limited capacity? Right. Yeah. All of them have been limited capacity. And then um, some of them have been, you know, and it kind of depends on where you are geographically, I guess, because, you know, we've played some of the smaller towns in Texas and uh, they don't really care, honestly. So they, <laughs> they kind of let everyone do it. And it's still limited capacity and it's still, you know, they do their best to keep it, keep it safe and all that, I guess. Um, but they just, yeah, they're just not as strict um you know but then we've had places like the our last show that we did which uh, was in san antonio at the rustic and that was very um you know table here table there uh not letting anyone you know up front or anything like that so it it just kind of depends on where you are okay yeah. so uh we know that earlier this year you released your uh latest album in january uh can you kind of tell us about the album and what went into making it right yeah, so Red Dirt Texas, yeah, came out right at the end of January, and um, I'm, yeah, I love that record, and uh, I think a big part of that is, um, you know, my my first EP that I put out back in 2018, end of 2018, I believe, um, we definitely put that out very soon because I'm sure I'm sure y'all read my bio and stuff. So I only started doing music about three years ago. And I think we had that EP out within like eight months or something like that from the time of my first show. And so, you know, we've had a lot of these music people tell us like, you know, you put that out way too early. You didn't get good enough songs together and whatever. And I always tell them, I'm like, you know, you may have been right, but there's no formula to this business. So you can't really tell me I'm wrong either. Uh, but anyways, I do think after we cut Red Dirt Texas, um, even me, um, I, I can listen to both records and I can just hear the growth in not only my vocals, but also in songwriting and confidence level and singing, um, all that stuff. I've just seen where, you know, the, the year and a half, I guess, after that first EP, I can just see where all the growth and playing those live shows really came in. And obviously it really helped. Uh, my producer, Trent Willman, um, is a, is a, you know, he's been more than my producer. He's one of my good friends now and he's, he's been a really good mentor um and obviously he's just been around the block doing this stuff not only himself but helping cody johnson kevin baller crager all these guys that i look up to and so he just he really helped me kind of fall in line where i needed to go and and uh, that's why you know i was just in nashville a couple of days ago and we started writing for the next project and and talking about kind of what we were going to go for in this next project and and i can already tell that 
whatever it is, whether it's an EP or an album, we haven't really decided yet, but uh, whatever it is, I can already tell that it's going to be better than Red Dirt Texas. And I think that's, that's where it helps me being a younger artist is that I, I'm not really close to hitting my plateau or at least hopefully. Um, but I think I'll be growing and getting better for the next, you know, few years or whatever it may be, or hopefully more than a few years, but for the next while. <laughs> do you do a lot of your own songwriting or do you get together with a bunch of people and, and kind of? Normally, as of now, I'm doing a lot of co-writing and, um, and that's mainly because, uh, you know, like I just said, me only started music three years ago. Uh, before that, I had never even attempted to write a song in my life uh, because I just never thought I would be doing this. I never thought I would need my own songs or anything. So I never felt the need to try and write one of my own songs. And, um, and, you know, songwriting is, is just such another element, you know, they're, you know, live playing lives, one thing and entertaining a crowd and then writing songs is a whole nother thing. And I think that's, uh, songwriting is like one of those things where I'm definitely still kind of working on it. And, um, but that was another thing, you know, with Trent is I've been lucky enough not only writing with Trent a bunch, who's a great songwriter, but he's got me in, um, you know, writing with these really big name writers that uh, normally people would basically would be on a waiting list for years to get one right with them. And literally one of my first writes in Nashville was with a huge writer. And uh, that's just kind of where he's, he's really helping push this thing. And like I said, just mentoring me and, and all that. And uh, so it's been great, but yeah, mainly a lot of co-writing, um, just so that I can learn from these guys. I guess you kind of already hit on our next question. Uh, so we're kind of curious, like, what it was like working with someone like Trent Wilmon and, like, what has he done to help you out, um, especially with him, like, working with people like Cody Johnson and, like, how – like, what's it like working with someone who's been around the block so many times like that? Uh, yeah, sorry I skipped your question. <laughs> but, uh, no, like I said, it's he's literally been probably the biggest blessing in my career, and, and I think – without him, I don't think my career would have jumped from where it was to where I am now. Um, which, you know, not that I'm anything big, but we've definitely made a, a significant jump from where we were. And, uh, like I said, you know, he's just, he's more than a, than my producer. He's more than a songwriter. Uh, to me, he's, you know, like I said, he's one of my good friends. I just went and spent four nights with him, uh, over there. And we just, I mean, we wrote a bunch, but we were, you know, having fun. We were out there making knives and, you know, drinking some drinks, like just having fun. And, um, and he's just an awesome guy. Um, and if y'all ever get to meet him or if y'all have, I don't know, but he's the most just like down to earth, humble person. You would never know that he's had the amount of success that he's had by talking to him. I mean, he's just, um, just the nicest person. And he's really just taken me under his wing, um, and just really helped guide me, guide me through this thing. And he's, and he's taken it, um, you know, he's kind of learned from mistakes that Cody made or whoever, and he's trying to, you know, take me around those and, and, uh, but trying to push me up and get me, you know, to the highest level that we can go at the same time. So it's, it's been awesome. Um, you said that you've never really thought about writing your own songs for about three years ago. What, what was the moment that you thought I should probably start writing or start playing shows? Really? Um, I guess it was kind of because the way that I got started was just, I mean, I played the guitar, I uh, learned to play the guitar when I was like 14. And, um, and then the first time I played in front of anybody, it was my family. We were all together for Christmas and, and I brought my guitar. Well, actually I had put out a YouTube video of myself without telling anybody. I didn't think anyone would really see it. And then my dad found it and sent it out to my family. And so they wanted me to bring my guitar and play for them. And, uh, 
anyway, so I played for them and they, you know, kind of gave me positive feedback or whatever, but I'm like, ah, yeah, y'all are my family. Y'all aren't going to tell me I suck. But, uh, anyways, and then they wanted me to play this, this little bar. Um, and, uh, and so I did, and there, there was a bunch of people there. Uh, well, I say a bunch, it's a small place. There's about a hundred people there and it was full capacity. And, and again, I had a good response. And, um, and so I actually wrote, well, I helped write my first song. Basically, I co-wrote before that show because we had a family friend who had been writing songs, but he said I had no one to sing them. And uh, so I kind of went in and changed some stuff. So I played that song at that first show. And then kind of after that was kind of when I was like, all right, well, looks like I'm going to try and do this thing for real. So I was like, I better start getting some more songs together. So I just started finding people to co-write with and started coming up with song ideas and stuff like that. So I guess it was really after that first show um that i kind of decided all right i probably need some some original material <laughs> so, uh, go ahead ben oh so what was your life like growing up in texas and what what got you into country music itself right yeah uh, growing up in texas i mean it's just it kind of is what it is i love it here and i don't think i'll ever really leave here um you know people ask me all the time if i'm gonna move to nashville once i'm out of school or anything and i always you know, I'm like, no, I'll always be in Texas. I may, if I have enough money one day, I may get me a little condo there or something, but uh, I'll always be here. I love it here. And, uh, you know, and then kind of the country music thing was mainly um, my dad and uh, one of my older brothers um, just in their trucks, you know, before I could drive, I'd be riding around with them all the time and they'd play a lot of Tracy Lawrence, Randy Travis, stuff like that. And so that's also where my kind of, love for 90s country uh kind of came in okay so uh growing up did you end up playing like any sports in high school or anything like that or did you kind of stick around the music scene no i was never i never had anything to do with music up until about three years ago uh, so yeah we uh my family is actually like a sports family mainly football and uh, baseball <laughs> and so uh i uh yeah i grew up playing football all the way through senior year of high school and I played baseball and stuff when I was younger, and I played lacrosse for like a year. That was different. Uh, but, no, yeah, I always played sports, and we just come from a very sports-centered family. And that's also why when I started the music thing, I was like, oh, can't wait to see what crap I'm going to get from my family for this. <laughs> uh, are you a Longhorns fan or are you an Aggies fan? No, sir, I'm an Aggie. I'm still in school uh, at a so we don't talk about the Longhorns. Yeah, gig them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't mind the Longhorns, but no, definitely an Aggie. I come from a whole family of Aggies. Oh, hey, we can't stand the Longhorns up here. We're Nebraska fans. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, oh, uh, so I would say, what uh, what are you majoring in right now at uh, Texas A&M? Then? Construction science. Okay. okay. Go on the construction route. Yeah. Hopefully, I never have to use my freaking degree. <laughs> Hopefully, the music works well. But uh, I know I need a backup just in case my career plummets. But uh. No, yeah, my, my dad did architecture from A&M, and he, he has an architecture firm. And then uh, one of my older brothers graduated from here also with a construction science degree. And um, that was just something. There, there wasn't really anything that uh, really stuck out to me what I wanted to major in, honestly. Um, I just knew I didn't – whatever I did, I didn't want to be stuck in a cubicle all day. And so uh, I figured construction was a good route because – you know, the world's always going to need construction. So at least I'll have a for sure job. 
Well, one of my on my bucket list is going to see a game at Kyle Field. Those games look crazy. Yeah, you should do it. It's it's definitely an experience in itself. Just don't come this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, growing up in Texas, were you involved like in any rodeos or ranching or anything like that? No, not really. Um, I grew up in the Dallas area. That's where my family moved to when I was little. Um, so there really wasn't a lot of those opportunities, um, honestly. Um, but I grew up just doing a lot of hunting and fishing and camping, just a lot of outdoor stuff. And and uh, we would go out and do the, do all that. But um, yeah, it's funny because now Trent, uh, Trent's into, or I guess he used to rodeo and stuff. And okay. so now literally, yeah, this last trip, Trent's like, all right, we're going to teach you how to rope. So I'm like, all right, sounds like fun. Make up for some lost time, I guess. <laughs> Well, do you, do you ever uh, go see any shows since you're from Dallas, like Billy Bob's or any rodeos over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we go to rodeos quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, I've been to numerous shows at Billy Bob's. I've seen Cody there, Joe Nichols, um, Thomas Rhett when he was still playing Billy Bob's. I've seen quite a few shows at Billy Bob's. And then, obviously, um, Cody now plays at, like, the Fair Park Arena. So, we've gone and seen that a few times. Um, but, yeah, we, we would go out and do all that stuff. Okay. Well, when you're out playing shows or anything, have you ever had just like a ran into an artist you kind of look up to or anything like that and just kind of fanboyed or anything like that? Or oh, yeah, all the time because, you know, and I'm getting better about it now that we've done it more, but like the first big opening show we did was, um, well, we started with like Jake Worthington and them, so that was still cool. But then like the first big one we did was Roger Crager and uh, – and yeah, that was just super cool. And of course, you know, we always end up getting, in, and, and the good thing is, again, going back to Trent, him working with Fowler, Roger Crager, those guys, um, they all like know who I am. And so they, they're nice to me because they know it's going to get back to Trent if they're not. And so anyways, they, they always invite us up on their bus and drink and all that. I mean, yeah, so it's always a good time. But yeah, it's definitely taken a while. And like the first time we opened up for Fowler uh, after Crager and, uh, Fowler actually was one of the riders on Red Dirt, Texas. And so I'd ran into him at uh, the Steamboat Music Fest and we had been drinking all day. He had been drinking and I went up and I'm like, you know, hey, Mr. Fowler, I'm Hayden Haddock. And I was, I was like, I know Trent Willman, you know, whatever. And uh, Kevin Fowler looked at me and he goes, yeah, you cut one of my songs. And I was like, what? And he's like, Red Dirt, Texas. I'm like, oh, I did. I'm like, sorry, I completely forgot. But anyways, <laughs> now, like, but, you know, it's funny because like, now like you said yeah i was fanboying over you know kevin fowler but like now me and him uh i don't want to say we're close but like we text every now and then and we've got shows on the books with him coming up and like the first show that we did with him uh we were backstage and he was about to go on and we talked to him before the show but he was about to go on and he his tour manager was walking him on stage and he came up to me i had my back turned up turned to him and fowler tapped me on the shoulder and he's like hayden He's like, I meant to ask you earlier. And he's like, I thought I had your phone number, but I guess I don't. But he's like, do you want to get on stage and sing Beer Bait and Ammo with us? And I'm like, oh, shit. So I had to go and learn the words to Beer Bait and Ammo. And anyway, so it's been really cool um, to do all those opening spots. And like you said, yeah, meet a lot of these guys that I've looked up to all these years. Yeah, that's very cool. So we were kind of looking into your website and uh, reading like some of your stuff. And we saw that uh, one of the people you've shared the stage with is uh, – whiskey myers and we're really big fans of them uh what was it like sharing the stage with them like did you have any cool stories or interactions with uh their band we really didn't have any interactions they uh that was actually that was one of my first probably 10 shows that i ever played and um that was another one of those festival type things and so 
I played a few few spots before them, um, and then they were the headlining band. Um, so they were kind of just hanging out in their bus the whole time. But uh, no, that was awesome. That was a super fun show. Um, like I said, that was just that was a long time ago. Now <laughs> that was many shows ago. <laughs> well, with your new music coming out, um, if you could if you could make um, like have a dream artist collaborate with you, who would you pick out of all the artists in country music? All the artists, uh, obviously. Well, I have to give you a couple. If you wanted, if you wanted someone kind of current, I would say Cody Johnson for sure. Okay. Um, if you wanted someone just kind of all time, um, I think it'd be really cool. I'm a huge Clay Walker fan, so okay. I think he's super cool to do something with Clay Walker um, or you know Tracy Lawrence. I don't know. I'm a huge fan of '90s, so really any of those yeah. guys that would be awesome. But yeah, probably Clay Walker or Cody. Do you have any plans to like have any like? Uh, features with artists. I know down in Texas, it's just like, it's like a big family down there with all those artists. We actually don't this far. And I think the reason for that is me just being a younger artist. Um, uh-huh. We just kind of need to get my, you know, my material uh, or as much of my material out there as we can right now. And I think, I think that will definitely come once I get a bigger following and, and more people kind of know who I am. Um, you know, and because you also, to have someone feature on your stuff, you also got to kind of have an incentive for them. Basically say, all right, if you, especially if it's a bigger artist like that, you basically got to say, all right, if you do this with me, you know, it's going to be a hit. So come do it, you know? So I think that will come here within the next couple of years or so that we'll start doing that kind of thing. Okay. Gotcha. So uh, before your shows, do you have like any like pre-show rituals you go through or anything you like to do to like relax or unwind before a show? Yeah, we normally just uh, we just kind of chill, hang out, uh, we'll eat, and then um, normally we just kind of sit around and we'll talk about the show and if we want to change anything around or if there's some some stuff you know that we want to do. Um, and then other than that, we really just sit and listen to music. Uh, and about 45 minutes before we get dressed and uh, turn the music up a little bit louder, kind of get used to hearing all that. And uh, and then every time before we go on stage, me and my whole band, we pray. Um, and then just get on stage and kick it. And then after the, and, uh, we actually, we don't drink before our shows. Um, and so normally after our shows, we all have us a whiskey shot or a cold beer waiting. <laughs> so uh, beforehand, are you playing like nineties music or is it more, uh, like nineties country or, uh, is it newer country? Talking about at shows or when? Yeah, before your show. Oh, before, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Gotcha now. Um, <laughs> no, it's mainly, I mean, mainly like nineties stuff. Um, and then, you know, some of the newer stuff, we'll play, you know, some Cody Johnson. I love John Party. We'll play John Party, uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, mainly a lot of 90s stuff or some classic rock or something like that. Just going, something upbeat. <laughs> going um, – when your show's about to start, when you're walking out there, is it kind of the same feeling like when you're playing football or getting ready for kickoff or something like that? Oh, yeah. It absolutely is. It's Yeah, it's basically like having pregame jitters and – uh and again, at this point, what I've realized is it's it's not nerves, it's it's the uh, it's an- anxiousness, I guess. It's because yeah. you're, you're just ready to get out there, and so it's like, you know, people say the suspense is killing me. That's literally what it is. It's because you know, once you hit that like 45 minute pre-show mark, you know, it's not like you're gonna go and eat dinner or something. It's you're just sitting there waiting for that clock to tick, you know, yep. get down and get ready for you to go. And so yeah, you just start to get kind of anxious, and then as soon as you get there at least for me as soon as I get through like that first first half of the first song um then we're in it and uh and feeling good and it's and it's all fun 
Okay. Um, as a Red Dirt artist from Texas, um, obviously you probably get influences from guys like Cody Johnson, Curtis Grimes, those guys. But do you ever listen or get influences from the kind of Americana scene they have down there with like Paul Coffin or Vincent Neil Emerson? Yeah, I listen to some of their stuff and for sure uh, kind of more of that bluegrassy stuff like Flatland. I know yeah. I get, they're they're kind of Americana. I don't know really what they consider them, but they're definitely more Americana. But like I love their stuff. And yeah, I listen to some of those guys. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, honestly, I don't go and like search up their stuff to listen to, but it'll come on a playlist or something. And, and it's definitely good to hear kind of like Charlie Crockett or one of those guys. Um, oh, yeah. It's good to hear their stuff because you just you hear a different take on guitar playing or lyrics or whatever it may be. So yeah, it definitely it definitely plays an influence. But you know, obviously, I try and stick to more of that. Yeah, you know, kind of '90s country vibe, that kind of thing. Nice. I say we're we're uh, we're huge fans of uh, listening to Flying Calvary and then uh, Charlie Crockett. We're actually uh, hopefully setting up an interview with him next week and sit down and talk to him. So. Uh, I said we love listening to them and it, it's like you mentioned like just the different sounds and like everything like coming together it's always it's always cool to listen to something different something unique right um, so going to school at Texas A&M um, are you playing shows at any of the bars or at any parties like around the uh, university or anything like that right yeah um we haven't done well i mean we did like a private party here last night actually just a little acoustic thing that was our first one we've done here in a while uh but yeah we're playing there's a new place here called southerns uh that's been open for a while and they're getting some big names in there they they had crager and fowler their opening week or crager and or sorry fowler and uh cory morrow and they they have charlie crockett coming soon and uh sam riggs was just there anyways uh really cool place and i've gotten to know the owner pretty well because that's kind of uh during the week if we want to go have some beers somewhere we'll normally go there and uh, i played acoustic there a couple times but we actually have our debut full band show there october 2nd i believe it is um and then obviously hurricane harry's just opened up uh so we're hoping to get in there for the first time uh here within the next few months so we'll just see how that goes okay well i don't know if you remember the uh couple of weeks ago we tweeted at you because you you were lucky enough to get your hands on some of that eric church whiskey uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we we have not been able to get that around here we we're kind of wondering what you what your thoughts were on it if you've had any it's really good i'll tell you that yeah it's uh and you know it's funny i literally i searched and searched for that and i couldn't find it anywhere and i don't know if y'all have looked but like on ebay people are selling the empty bottles so no liquid in it but the empty bottles are going for like 150 or 200 dollars. i mean it's ridiculous oh my God. And, um, anyways, um, me and my girlfriend, we were actually, I was playing a show out in Fredericksburg and, uh, my uncle's a big bourbon collector and I've started a pretty big bourbon collection myself, but he's a really big bourbon collector now. And, uh, he kind of told me, he's like, you know, you find some of the bottles you don't think you can find at the little hole in the wall liquor stores that are in these small towns. So he's like, just stop in there. And literally we were on our way back to college station and we passed this really nice looking liquor store but again it was just it was in some small town and you know i didn't think anything of it but i was like you know what i was like let's turn around and go in there and uh yeah sure enough he had two bottles of it sitting on the shelf and he was selling it for regular price it was like 50 dollars, where he could have marked that stuff up and so i was like all right i've got to get this <laughs> so i bought it yeah so we were we were super annoyed like the uh businesses around here that 
do have it um they'll only get like four bottles and they're like yeah we're just gonna do a raffle for it. it's like just get like a hundred of them and i'll buy half of them yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's I what a lot of a lot of those liquor stores do that because yeah when certain bottles get super uh like when people are looking for them nonstop, um that's what they'll you know like i don't know if y'all heard of the whiskey called blanton's but uh it's like really high-end whiskey and it's it normally goes for about six i think the retail price is like 60 bucks but now even in stores um like there was one the other day someone was selling it for 240 dollars because people want it that bad and uh so anyways when stores get in those really uh really rare whiskeys that's what they'll they'll either normally limit every customer to one or they'll do a raffle because normally they get like one bottle out. yeah yeah those are very cool bottles i know Church has done that a few times with Jack Daniels and yeah, no, it's an awesome bottle. I've got it sitting over there, but yeah, that's that's the one. You know, I got past the uh, my freshman year. Me and my roommate, all the bottles we drank. You know, we did the typical college kid graveyard <laughs> thing. We kept all the bottles, and when yep. we moved out last year, we had to throw all those bottles away. And after that, I was like, I'm never keeping another bottle in my life. But I think that'll be the one bottle I probably keep. <laughs> yeah, I got that in my apartment right now. We. I'm I'm not I don't spend fifty bucks like on whiskey like Eric Church. We just got like Pendleton or Jim Beam yeah. there right now. Yeah, I've just I don't know. I my uncle kind of gave me the bug on buying some nicer bourbons and having it. But of course, yeah, that's not that stuff kind of sits there and that's if I want a glass or two. That's not for if we're going out and I want to mix something with Coke or whatever. So definitely yeah. it's a good display too. <laughs> yeah. I say I know the pain of uh getting rid of those bottles after after a year of living in the dorm, something like that is like first time I did it is like, it's a really cool idea. But then afterwards I'm like, that's too much. Yeah. You, Cause you forget you're at some point going to have to clean them out. Yeah. A lot of trips to the recycling bin. Yep, and get them in the trash. Them down. <laughs> uh, so we know you're a really huge uh, Eric Church fan and we're kind of curious, like, uh, like which of his songs has impacted you the most and like, which one means the most to you? Man. Um, I like a lot of his older stuff and he has, he has some, and I can't think of a lot of the names, but some some of his newer stuff I really like. But honestly, that Chief record, I just love that Chief record. Yes. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I know this was after it, but I think probably one of my favorite songs is Like Jesus Does. Um, oh, yeah. I just think that's a great song. And me and my fiddle player actually do that sometimes, just acoustic for fun. Um, but that's probably one of my favorites by him. But then, you know, kind of like uh, The Outsiders, I think that's a really cool song. Yeah. Um, but then, like I said, that, that whole chief record is just badass. So Definitely. what are your thoughts on the three that he's released so far this year? Um, I actually don't know if I've heard them, to be honest with you. He's oh, got, what, a, what are the names of them? Maybe uh, I've heard them. Stick that in your country song, uh, bad mother trucker and crazy land. So I think I've heard the stick that in your country song. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's gotten a little radio play, but the rest yeah, of it. I think I've heard that one, and I'm pretty bad about going to listening, going and listening to new stuff that comes out. I normally wait until someone shows it to me, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I like that song, and I add it to my playlist. But I'm kind of one of those guys. I listen to the same, like, 20 songs on repeat. <laughs> yes. I say well, stick that in your country song kind of reminded me a little bit of The Outsiders. It's one that you can definitely uh, – turn the volume up and like really like uh sing along to and uh play so i i really i'm i like what he's done so far curious to see what else he comes out with if he's gonna have a double album or not so yeah yeah it'll be interesting i'll go listen to the rest of those i guess i need to 
but yeah, I'm glad that he's he's kind of sticking to his guns and not going the other way with things. <laughs> oh, we got we got to know your opinion on this too. Um, last night, ACMs. I don't. I didn't watch them. I didn't think Cole did. But uh, did you see what happened with Entertainer of the Year? How they split it? Yeah. Well, and then it wasn't even Eric Church. I didn't even see. I didn't see. It, it was Thomas Rhett and Carrie, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, that was. That, yeah. I, I could understand yeah. Carrie. I, I mean, I like Carrie. I don't really know how Thomas Rhett got it, to be honest with you. Uh, Eric Church, <laughs> yeah. like, he was up. I don't. I really don't pay attention to those shows anymore. Um, but no, yeah, Sierra, my girlfriend, she showed me that they split it this morning, and I was like, that's basically like giving, like, you know how people give kids like participation trophy. Yeah. Like, that in my mind, and again, I guess if they tied or whatever. But no, I definitely think there should have been one winner. Not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like. With all that stuff, there's always something that they do to just make it worse. <laughs> well, yeah. doesn't Texas have their own show? Mm-hmm. They do? Um, they have a few of them. There's like the Texas Regional Radio Awards show, and then there's a uh, Texas Country Music Association um, award show, and that's the one I'm up for, like, Emerging Artist of the Year or something like that. Oh, Okay. Um, that's coming up in November. They had to move it. It was supposed to be a couple months ago. I think it's coming up in November. But yeah, there's a couple of them here, and obviously they're not, you know, they're not as big as obviously the CMAs or ACMs, but they're kind of just a Texas thing. Yeah. Um, so you said you're up for Emerging Country Artist of the Year. Uh, who else is kind of in that category with you then? Uh, if I remember right, it's me, John Stork, uh, Aaron Copeland, um, uh, I know that for sure, and I think there was two more, and I just can't remember the names. I haven't read the ballot in like four months. So <laughs> we've had we've had John on before. He's a really good dude. I don't know he, if you John's know. an awesome guy. I've I've uh, I've gotten to hang out with him a few times. He's really fun. He's just kind of goofy <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I, I like watching his Instagram stories. They're kind of wild sometimes. Yeah, he's got a good personality for all that stuff. Definitely. Well, with all your shows you've been playing, what is one of the coolest experiences you've had? Honestly, probably, as I told you all earlier, probably that, that night when Fowler asked me to get up there and sing Beer Bait and Ammo, because, uh, you know, like we already talked about, he was one of those dudes that, you know, even my oldest brother is like, I remember, you know, when I was your age and we were all listening to Kevin Fowler. And, you know, so, he, you know, as my brother said, he's like, it's cool now seeing you and you're up there playing shows with them, you know, this Texas country legend. And uh, anyway, so it was just really cool getting to walk on stage and sing one of his biggest songs with him and you know, I screwed it up, but it was fine because then he turned around <laughs> and got the words to beer bait and ammo. <laughs> so it was all good. But no, that that was probably one of my coolest experiences. And then, you know, it and it gets a little bit less, I guess, shocking each time when someone asks you to come up. But like we played with Randall King three weeks okay. ago. And, you know, at the end of his set, he asked me to come up and we sang Neon Moon. Oh, um, that's cool. Well, that, it's always cool when the bigger artists, I guess, invite you to come up. It's not fun when you don't know the song they want you to sing, but it is fun <laughs> to go up there. <laughs> I bet it, yes. So, uh, kind of going off that, what's the biggest uh, venue or uh, stage that you have played on so far? Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. There's A lot of them have been kind of close, like the Rustics, um, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. Dallas and Houston are the biggest, and I think Dallas, we had like, a thousand people out there or something like that um and then like the randall king show we had 500 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Normally that's been about our cap is like in that 500 to 1,000 range. We haven't gotten to play any crazy big things yet, but uh, but we're getting there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and honestly, you know, we've played shows with huge, you know, a huge number in the audience, but it's like 25% of the people clap or care about the music. But then we played in front of 200 people and it's like, they love it. And like, you know, and actually, you know, what? probably the coolest show we played, I kind of forgot, but we got to play at the Houston Rodeo Cook-Off and we played in the Bull Tent. Um, the Bull is a big radio station in Houston. And uh, we played and uh, yeah, big old stage. And it was, yeah, like I said, in a tent. I don't know if y'all been there, but it's literally tents. And uh, I think we, they said we had 700 in attendance. And uh, wow. it was just awesome because that was the first show where I took my ears out and uh, I could hear them singing along to like multiple of my songs. I'm like, all right, that's pretty badass. So that was, yeah, probably, that's awesome. yeah that was probably our, our best show to, that we played in terms of crowd and all that stuff. Okay. So I think we just got like a few questions left. Um, I was kind of curious, uh, what do you do to unwind during the school year? Um, I know it's probably kind of crazy uh, handling like music and going to school. So what do you try to do in your free time to relax? Right. Uh, typically, uh, well, have some drinks. Always got to do that. Uh, but yeah, pretty much just, just kind of hang out. Um, and we'll go, you know, yeah, if we've got, if we've got a, you know, weekend office shows or whatever, um, like to go fishing, um, and then now hunting season's coming around. So we'll start going hunting. Um, and then just kind of me and my fiddle player, we actually live together. And so me and him will sit here and just kind of screw around he'll play the fiddle i'll play the guitar and we'll just see what we come up with you know do some fun covers or whatever and we'll invite people over and then i've recently got really into uh like uh like barbecuing and like smoking meat oh, yeah, with your traeger. yeah on the traeger and so now i do that at least a few times a week i literally just bought a brisket earlier at the store so i'm gonna do that here sometime this week but that's that's another fun thing because that you you know it's something to do so I saw that stuff Traeger sent you. I was kind of jealous. That was, that was yeah, weird. they're supposed to be sending me more. So I'm waiting on that. But yeah, we we're working on we're working on something with Traeger. And obviously, once we get stuff finalized, we'll put it out there. But yeah, we're we're working on trying to partner with Traeger right now. So that could be really cool. That would be really cool. I like that. Um, so kind of last questions we got. Um, so I was looking at the web your website and uh, your about you page and uh notice that at the bottom it mentions that you were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at a young age um so that's something that kind of hits close with ben and i because my brother uh he's had it since he was shoot i think he was he was a kid i can't remember how old he was right. anymore um but i was kind of curious like um you know it's affected him sometimes with sports um and playing i didn't know if uh has it ever impacted any of your shows or anything like that um luckily it has not I guess that directly impacted one of my shows because typically, you know, kind of like I said, when we're getting ready about 45 minutes or an hour before I, I check my blood sugar and stuff multiple times to make sure that I'm good, that I'm sitting good. Um, and then that's also why I won't eat within an hour of our show. I like to eat it, you know, an hour and a half or a couple hours before. So then that way I can see how my blood sugar is going to react to right the food or whatever because i don't want to eat right before and then me during the show all of a sudden my blood sugar spikes up or spikes down or whatever goes down um and also i'm lucky enough i wear a continuous glucose monitor yeah um, a dexcom your brother probably has one or knows yep. what it is and um 
and so, you know, I can see my blood sugar right on my phone. Um, and so typically I'll keep my phone kind of on my guitar player's amp or like on the drum riser, um, just where if, uh, you know, if my blood goes high or low, it'll alert me and my phone will light up. And so I can kind of walk over there and just see what it says. Uh, but no, I've never really had, I've gone high, uh, towards the end of a show one time and it sucked, but luckily we were almost done. Um, but luckily I've never gone low and passed out on the stage and, uh, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. <laughs> I say my brother, he's totally got the Dexcom too. He's got, a. Uh... He's got his Apple Watch, and uh, he's actually got it. Instead of having a clock on there, he just, like, flips it over, and he's just looking at what his blood sugar yeah. is. So. Yeah, I had an Apple Watch for a little bit, and I did that. And the only bad thing is on stage, it looks a little cheesy if I keep looking <laughs> at my Apple Watch. So, uh, no, I mean, I'm lucky enough, within, within our crew, um, I've got a couple guys that have some medical experience, um, and so they kind of know. And, and obviously, we keep snacks or Coke or whatever it may be side stage and um, – whatever and it's a good thing we're not playing four hour full band shows anymore you know now typically we're 90 minutes or if we're opening 60 minutes and we're we're out so so uh how i guess have you used your platform then as a artist to uh spread the awareness for diabetes because you mentioned like you you uh have done stuff with like jdrf and uh, other organizations uh, yeah so um yeah mainly just uh i know like kind of at the beginning of my career i know i did a whole uh news segment kind of talking about kind of exactly what you just asked me like how having diabetes has affected the music thing and whatever and then more recently I think about six months ago yeah we partnered with the JDRF um, and so we're gonna and we, we had some events lined up with them where we were gonna play for some of their stuff but then they all got canceled because of the pandemic stuff uh, so I'm sure those will come back around but aside from that we actually um we did a whole merch line so we've got koozies and shirts that are they have my logo and stuff but then they also have the jdrf logo and they're blue uh you know color jdrf stuff and um anyway so those um and i might be wrong but i think it's like 25 percent or 50 percent of the proceeds if people buy those at our merch table or online or whatever it goes back to the jdrf that's awesome yeah I said, yeah, I was looking at the website um, and I did notice that I saw the JDRF one on there and I thought that was really awesome. Um, definitely, once we get off, I was definitely going to buy a hat and a few other things on there. So I might have to throw one of those. Awesome. I'd on appreciate there. that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead, Ben. So last, last thing, uh, I know a lot of the Texas guys love to just kind of tour around Texas, but do you have any plans to kind of make your way up to like Oklahoma and maybe sometime Nebraska so we can come see you? Yeah, man, we actually do. Um, yeah, we're about to start uh, being able to um, kind of get out there a little bit more, and I, I can't necessarily disclose why yet. <laughs> we're waiting on some stuff to go through. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to have the opportunity here shortly to not only get even more around Texas and some of the parts that we haven't gotten to play, really, like Lubbock and, uh, you know, south, deep south Texas and stuff like that, but then basically we're going to try and get on some uh, – some runs to kind of go through Louisiana, Oklahoma, and then we're going to try and work our way up through like Colorado, Wyoming, and yeah, hopefully Nebraska or something like that. But we're going to start kind of work our way a little bit more. And, and uh, I think that will definitely start to happen too once this next project comes out, which again, we just now started writing songs. So it might be, you know, early next year or something. But I think once that comes out, we're definitely going to start trying to trying to hit the road a little bit more outside of Texas as well. Cause that's, you know, that's the whole goal, goal for this thing is, um, there's a lot of people that 
you know, that are Texas artists and, and I'm not even talking about anyone specifically. I just know there's a lot of artists that have this mindset is just, they just want to keep doing the Texas thing. And that's great because you can build up a huge following here. Um, but our thing from the beginning is if we're going to do this, let's just do it right and try and make it as big as we can. So yeah, we want to get to the Cody level or Whiskey Myers or whatever, where you can go damn near anywhere and you're going to sell out. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, I know so, yeah, you were saying. What was that? You were saying earlier, you kind of like uh, you've played big shows, but you feel like maybe some of your smaller ones, everyone's engaged. And we've mentioned this a lot on our show. We've got a bar up here in Nebraska, pretty close to my house, and they've they've had Randall King, Curtis Grimes, uh, Mike and the Moon Pies, Cody Jinks, and they've they've really helped them kind of start off with their career and help them. And it's called Buck's Bar and Grill. It's out in Venice. Yeah. We just we just saw Dallas Moore there last week and it's it's a great bar so that's one place you could definitely get in contact with up here in Nebraska if you'd ever want to do a show. Awesome, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure the first time we go up there, I'm sure we'll come and open for somebody like if Randall goes back or something. I'm sure it'd be an artist like that, and we'll come in and and do support for him. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we can make it up that way soon. We're planning to, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. We'd love to come see you, man. Awesome, yeah, please do. Yeah, so we're going there uh, to Buck's Bar. Uh, we're going actually in a, is that a month away? Uh, we're going to see uh, uh, Curtis Grimes up there. So Oh, sweet. Really yeah, excited. we played yeah. with him. We just played with Curtis, I guess, maybe a month ago now. Two, three. Yeah, probably about a month ago now. Yeah, he's an awesome yeah. dude, too. Yeah, he's a good guy. We've had him on the show before. Really, yeah. really cool guy. I mean, that's, that's all we got for you today, man. We really appreciate you coming on. Sweet. Well, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Really Have a good rest you. of the night. All right, man. Y'all too. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. You know. All right, guys. That was Hayden Haddock. We're really glad he's able to join us. He's a heck of an artist. And as you could tell, he's he's moving up in the country music scene. And I think big things are going to come, come his way real soon. So thank you again, Hayden. Make sure you go check out his music. It's it's very good. Um, yeah, we want to touch on a few more things that have happened in the country music world. The first thing we want to talk about is Riley Green's new EP, If It Wasn't For Trucks. Yeah. Um, let's just start off. What were your thoughts? Overall, I couldn't be happier with this album. Um, maybe, I, only the only complaint, and maybe I'm just nitpicking here, is he's kind of already le- released If It Wasn't For Trucks, that acoustic one. So well, And Better Than Me, too, was also on that acoustic. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, the other songs that were not really released yet, I thought were very good. I like what he did with Better Than Me by adding um, the singer from Alabama. I'm yeah, like, I really like that. That ending part with uh, him in it is, is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, I think one of the songs I was more of a fan of, uh, I really like Behind the Times. Uh, mm-hmm. Just talking about, like, you can learn a lot from a man that was already behind the times. And just kind of, it was a cool little story in that song. And I really enjoyed it. I think you can definitely tell in a in all of his music by Riley Green, he was impacted a lot by his grandfather. I mentioned both of his grandpas, actually. Yeah. I mean, you can, um, you can kind of, you, you, you can tell that that song is basically about his grandpa. So that I really like that song. My favorite is Jesus and Wranglers. I see. I knew you would say that. I'm also a fan of it. Um, I just thought that the story behind, uh, behind the times was pretty cool. Um, but Jesus and uh, Wranglers is a really good song. Very fun song. Yeah. Different and just I think he he really hit it out of the park with this EP. I, I really like if I didn't wear boots, just kind of about him being a rebel and if he wasn't 
the country boy he is. Maybe he wouldn't have done some things, but he's happy. He, he's, yeah. He wears boots. Yeah. I, I'm really happy with it. Um, I'm curious if this will it lead into a uh, another album from him. And also, I'm kind of curious how many of these would end up on that album as well. Yeah. Um, but I, everything he comes out with is he's he makes quality music and yeah, I know there's always a good him. there's always a good story like you said you know he's really influenced by his uh, grandparents you can really hear that in his songs and uh, I just think a lot of them are just good quality stories. I know he sometimes gets some flack. They say his songs are checklisty, like he kind of has to mention this and that and like a truck and beer. But I, I don't I don't feel like that at all. I feel like his songs very genuine and about the life he's lived. So yeah, and well, I, I'm very gone. You you said it's kind of like a checklist, but at the same time, like that's that's his like growing up like that's what he like encountered and that's what a lot of us encountered so it may sound checklist but it's it's genuine and like when he, i feel like i feel like you can tell his is real then yeah. when florida george line is on there singing about god knows what about them taking their trucks off roading and slamming beers it's like these dudes Florida george line you know that they're drinking freaking white claws on the weekend and stuff like that and riley green he's a good old boy and yeah he's you can tell it's it's real and it's who he is. Yeah, I say I'm really happy with it. Um, I think the next thing we wanted to hit on was uh, uh, Luke Combs. So yeah. this October, he is releasing the deluxe version of his um, "What You See Is What You Get" album, and the deluxe version is going to be called "What You See Ain't Always What You Get." I think I did that right. Yeah, you um, did. We argued <laughs> about this last time. Um, but right. he, tomorrow, this Friday, the – what date is that? The 17th or the 18th, he's going to be releasing what five songs are going to be on the deluxe version. And on top of that, he is releasing one of them um, as a preview of it, and it's going to be called uh, Without You. Um, so I don't know if you listened to the preview, Ben. Uh, have you yeah. heard it at all? Yeah, I'm – I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I think it's going to be very good. I'm I'm really curious to see what songs are going to be put on this duh, deluxe album. He said, I he said there is a couple songs that we he's never played like on live streams or anything before. So I'm really wondering what it's going to be. I know we were talking Cole, and I said that I I think that one of the songs will definitely be six feet apart. But see, you think so, but I. The way I see Six Feet Apart is that is its own individual thing. That is a song about a unique situation. And in my opinion, I would leave it the way it is. I wouldn't put it on anything. It's a one-of-a-kind song for a one-of-a-kind situation. So if it is on there, I'm going to be a little disappointed. It's a great song. Don't like... It's a hell of a song. It's a hell of a song, yes. But it's a song for unique situation. And so it needs to stay unique and be by itself. That's just what I think. Okay. I can, I can see that. Um, and I think he has, it's a hell of a song, but I think he has better material um, yeah. that he could put on there. Well, he, he can write a song just about anything. And that, that song six feet apart proves that. So yes, maybe, maybe we'll get a something else. And I, we, we know it's going to be good. What he's, he's released seven radio singles and he has seven number ones. Mm -hmm. Come on. It doesn't get yeah. better than that. 
Um, and I'd like to see um, a few of the songs. I know we probably won't see all of them, uh, but some of the ones he's done on his like Instagram live uh, uh, videos, he did a couple yeah. songs. It was like used to wish I was cold as you. I know we mentioned these last time, but I just, I really hope I get to hear those. Um, I hate having to go to Instagram or YouTube to look them up. You know, I would love it if I could get it on my Spotify playlist and just be able to crank that in the car. But yeah. I think he's oh, lacking oh. any songs or any uh, any amount of songs. I think he's got just yeah. stacks and stacks of songs written. So mm -hmm. yeah. So the one he's coming out with tomorrow is "Without You," and it's featuring uh, Amanda Shires. So uh, I is that the, his first first feature? No, he's had Brooks and Dunn on, but yeah, he's had Brooks and Dunn. We had Eric Church with uh, does oh does me yeah 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 um he had someone else too didn't he. Uh, he he was featured on our boy Tom O'Connor's song. Yes, that's true. Um, that's gonna bug me. I can't think of it. I swear he was with. Uh, he had someone else on one of his songs. I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, so that comes out this Friday, uh, September 18th. So by the time we get this posted, that'll have already been out. So we'll have to talk about what we think of it next time. Definitely. Uh, uh, also tomorrow, our good buddy Curtis Grimes is releasing a new single. I'm, I'm really excited for it. I think his music's great. It's called Still a Little Country Left by Curtis Grimes. That'll be out. So I don't know if this single is going to be maybe eventually an album is coming out from him, but he's a good uh, Red Dirt artist that, we're, that we like supporting his music. And I know Hayden said earlier, great dude. Okay. Come on. When is he coming out with that song? Tomorrow. I thought it was September 24th. Hayden or not Hayden? Uh, Curtis, Curtis Grimes. Curtis Grimes said it's coming out tomorrow. Okay, I was I was just asking. Um, I was just curious. I couldn't remember. Uh, yeah, because he just posted on Twitter. Uh, it was his his son's first day of daycare. And then he said new single tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I was looking at our old uh Twitter post and we put September twenty fourth. So oh. that's what that's why I was asking. That's why I was asking. Um, but kind of continuing with this, uh, with new music, um, nothing for, uh, tomorrow, but Paul Cawthon, I, Ben, you didn't see this and I briefly saw it. I wish I thought about screenshotting it, but I didn't. And I really wish I would have, um, Paul Cawthon put on his Instagram story. I think I texted you about it yesterday or, uh, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was two days ago. Uh, that he is going to be in the studio here pretty soon, uh, working with new people, um, working on new music. And he said something about like getting uh, singles out um, as soon as like they get recorded and get done. So I don't know if that means like we're expecting stuff at the end of the, or by the end of this year, or if that's like talking like 2021, but in his post, he tagged uh, Ward Davis uh, Randy Hauser and someone else, but I can't think of who it was now. And I'm, I'm kicking myself that I didn't screenshot it, but I, he came out with bones earlier this year. And then he also did, uh, America. Yeah. And I really am hoping that he continues, uh, throwing stuff out there. Cause I'll eat it up. I love what he comes out with. He does a phenomenal job. Yeah, I'm, I, I like what he puts out, and hopefully him and Randy Hauser would be very cool. Yeah, uh, he, um, they were – him and uh, Randy are pretty good friends, uh, I think. Oh, really? They uh, 
they in one of his other Instagram stories were golfing one day. Um, mm. So he, those two, I think, hang out uh, quite a bit. And yeah, I, I really hope he comes out with new stuff here really soon because uh, I can't get enough of his music. Hawk off, and he's incredible. Um, and then we also want to talk about our good friend Shelby Lee Lowe. He's got new music yes. out here soon, and. Uh, if you follow him on Instagram, you've probably seen the album cover, and it is—it's really, really cool. It's got—it's got him, and um, it's got the Tennessee uh, flag, and it's got like kind of birds, almost like landing on him. It's very, very cool looking album cover. He sent us over a little pre-release uh, of of his of three songs that are going to be on there, and I don't want to make Shelby mad by leaking anything, but I can tell you at least this—they are very, very good songs I, they're they're it's just country music so yeah i said i listened to them right before we did this um put three <laughs> on there we won't say any names shelby i promise we won't spoil anything for you all we will say is holy shit is it good music it's it's good country music he did a phenomenal job and it's just like the song he played for us last time he was on here it's good quality country music and it's I, we can't get enough of it. We love what he does. Yeah, he's getting stronger and stronger with everything he puts out, I think. And, and the sky's the limit for him. So we're excited to see what, what he's got for us on the rest of that album. Or I don't know if, if it's just going to be those three songs on the EP. Maybe it's an EP. I'm not exactly sure. But it's going to be good. I can tell you that. And then uh, we also want to talk about Coulter Wall. Uh, I, I was shocked to hear this. But some radio stations are now starting to put Big Iron by Coulter, or the cover by Culture Wall on their um, playlist to play on the radio. And so his dad, Brad Wall, um, DM'd us and kind of got us tweeting about it and uh, kind of starting a campaign of play Big Iron on country radio. So trying to advocate for him and get maybe get him his first radio hit. I mean, that would be great for Coulter, get the tides turning more in country music and I, I couldn't be happier to hear that. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing that we had that we want to talk about was uh, last week we uh, went down to Venice, Nebraska to Bucks Bar and Grill, and uh, we got to see Dallas Moore, uh, our friend Dallas, uh, do a show. And it was it was phenomenal. He played yeah, for – dude played for three hours, no breaks, nothing. I mean, he, he played a heck of a show, had – he threw in some good covers. He played Omaha by Waylon for us. That was great. Mama tried. Yeah. And then even Dallas gave us a little shout out during the show, which was, which was very cool. So we, we appreciate that. And during the show, he said, um, and we, we posted about it, um, the beginning of the year, 2021, this coming year, uh, he said he should have a new album out called The Rain. We're really excited. He played some of those songs off the album and they sounded damn good. So we, we're very excited for that to come around. Yeah, I say it was great seeing him. We got to talk to him a little bit afterwards, and uh, yeah. he phenomenal guy, phenomenal artist. Uh, it was a great show. Uh, Love when he did uh, uh, "Raise Hell" and uh, "Slinging Gravel." Phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Did the song song Jr. inspired? Yes, that was very cool. Yeah, um, I say yeah, I it, was, it was a great show, dude. I I mean, if you guys have the chance to go see Dallas Moore, do it. He's He's got so much experience. He's been playing shows for a long time, and he knows he knows exactly what he's doing. He got the whole place dancing, and it was a great time. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and then I guess going off that, in uh, here in a few weeks, we'll be back there at Bucks Pound Grill to see our uh, our friend Curtis Grimes as well. Yep. Yeah, that's what, October 2nd or October 3rd? October 2nd, same day Brent Cobb's new album drops. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So really excited for that. Um, I guess the last thing, Ben, is do you got any song uh, song recommendation for this week? I'm going to let you go first. Let me think. Let me think. I say the one I was going to pick, um, Oklahoma City uh, by Zach Bryan. I can't remember if you mentioned that one last time, but I think that's the one I'm going to be going with today. That's not bad. I, I yeah. like that song a lot. Um, mine, kind of an older one, came out in 2015, but I've been listening to a lot. Missing You by Flatland Cavalry off their EP. Yep. That's a good one. Hell of a song. Oh, nice. So I love the album album cover on that one too. So check that one out. Uh, thank you, but thank you guys for listening and helping us out. Special thanks to Hayden Haddock for joining us today. Uh, check his music out. Great, great dude. Great artist. So thank you. We'll be back soon, hopefully. With and, uh, one last thing I wanted to say. Um, apologies, I guess for. We had a little uh, scheduling conflict when trying to set up a podcast with Charlie Crockett, but we promised that we do have one coming with him. Uh, yes. so, uh, we're sitting down with him next week, uh, and we'll, we'll get that out to you guys as soon as possible. We're, we promise we are not, not holding back. We are going to get that one, and we will share it with the rest of you. Yes. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate it.